Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Diving Into the End Zone. Dominic Arbolino here. Alex Warner is here as well. Sorry about, you know, we had a little two-week break, had a little family accident the first week, and then the other week we just got a little caught off guard. Maybe maybe we slept a little late, maybe we didn't, but hey, it's a podcast. We're allowed to do it whenever we want. That's the fun of it. But I want to remind everybody that I finally have made a Twitter for Diving Into the End Zone, and you can follow it at D-I-T-E-Z Podcast. Again, that's at D-I-T-E-Z Podcast. Then if you want to reach out to us, you know, via email or even Twitter, you know, you can always send us a DM. But for the email, it's at diving, or excuse me, not at, it's diving into the end zone at gmail.com. So again, that is diving into the end zone at gmail.com. I just wanted to start off the show with that because I know, you know, in past couple episodes, I've mentioned how I wanted to finally create a Twitter and email, and I finally got to it and did it. So hopefully we'll be receiving some fan mail from anybody who's listening and wants us to really answer any of their questions, whether it's fantasy. Uh, something about their team or whatnot, really anything. Yeah, yeah just give us this uh, topic we didn't think of throughout the week, maybe. Yeah, exciting, yeah. exciting stuff to see. Yeah, and there's been a lot going on in the NFL, and we're heading into what now? It's it's week ten, right? Yeah, week ten. My fantasy team's four and five, so it's week ten. All right, so it's week ten. I mean, more than halfway through the season already. I mean, that's usually what the NFL is. It always flies by. Yes. It always it starts off. You're like, let's go. My team's gonna make the playoffs this year depending on who you root for, and then just like that, either you're in a nice playoff position or your hopes are crushed. If you're a New York sports fan, you probably didn't come into the season thinking your team was going to make the playoffs. (laughs) You never know. There's a lot of hopeful fans out there. I feel like when we were younger, we were like that at one point too. But then again, the younger teams were better. Oh, so this year with an extra playoff team now, seven teams, everyone's like, oh, that wild wild card spot could be ours. Yep, and we'll get into it a little later, but the NFL is thinking about expanding the playoffs into nine total teams. Eight. Eight? Yeah, eight, 16 total. It would be it would be eight in each league. But I thought, no, I... I they, have, they voted on and approved it. No, I understand. Here, I'll show you right now. I'll show you right now. I have the tweet. They have another one? Here, hold on. I have it screenshotted. What a great start. Here, all right. NFL owners, this is according to at my sports update who got it from Adam Schefter has a lot of followers NFL owners have approved a proposal to add two playoff teams only if regular season games are lost to COVID-19 with most teams already done with their bye weeks moving games will become much tougher moving forward this plan will be used as a worst case scenario yeah two playoff teams one in each conference so eight in each conference total not two oh yeah I thought it was two so I thought because it would be one, I thought it would be nine teams each, which I know sounds like a lot. That is really, a yeah, lot. That would yeah, be that, eight, 18 teams in the playoffs. Well, then I was because then one team has a bye, and then you have eight matchups. No, that's that's how I that's how I was or no, four yeah. matchups. Excuse I, me, that, that's how I was looking at yeah, it. But I guess I just completely read it one wrong. One in each conference because it was it's sixteen total teams. So then, if they do that, they're going to be going back to two buys. And then I, having three they matchups? They didn't really specify. They just really just approved the 16 teams. Which I guess is fair. I mean, like the tweet it's did say, they're like using a worst, it as... It's a worst-case scenario type yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, since we're starting out with this, we might as well just kind of like... I mean, we already kind of are talking about it, but we might as well just get this topic out of the way now before we get to the Thursday night review between the Colts and the Titans. So, again, I mean, it's unfortunate that this season has kind of had to come like this. You know, they already added, you know, one playoff team to the mix just... Mm-hmm. In general, they wanted to get that done. They did it. And then now, with obviously this situation, they might 
be adding one more as well to each conference. And you got to do what you got to do. But I really hate, I don't like this only because I feel like you see a team that really doesn't deserve to make it, that's in the hunt maybe, that like kind of falls apart at the end of the season or whatnot, and now they're going to be granted that opportunity and have a chance to upset one of the better teams. Right, yeah. Obviously, you don't, like, from a football's perspective, it's not something we're used to. It's not familiar uh, terms in terms of a 16-team playoff. Um, you know, obviously a lot's been changed by COVID-19 around the world. Sports in general, you would like to think the NFL could have gotten ahead of this because they had absolutely the most time in the world for this in terms of sports. You look at the ho- hockey, base- baseball, and basketball were di- directly affected. The NFL had time to look at what they did, look at what happened to them, and, you know, come to terms with that, what they want to do and <clears throat> how they <clears throat> how they want to best operate their season. But clearly they didn't fully uh, create the best plan because they're still on the on the go basis right now. And the, but like in terms of the 16 teams, a team or two might not be getting in that doesn't deserve to be in. Most, I mean, most of the other sports, you look at basketball with 16 teams, you got hockey with 16 teams, baseball is more similar to football, but a lot of sports have all these teams in it that don't necessarily deserve to be in year in, year out. You look at like some of the teams that make it in the NBA, just don't, don't even get past the first round playing four games. Same, hockey's a little different. Hockey's, you know, any, anyone who gets in can win in hockey. Say the same thing applies to football. Like like you said, one of these bad teams could totally upset a one seed. Yeah, it's it's football, so anything could happen. Like realistically, I see at the end of the season, the Chiefs could probably have that bye. All right, but let's say just say they didn't. Right, and they're versing the worst team that would get that last wild card. I don't know who it would be really off the top of my head, but if I had to, you know, let's just say it's a bad team. Right, imagine that team upsets the Chiefs. Not only is that bad for the NFL in terms of financial reasons but then it's just like come on like this team got granted a playoff spot because of covid and everything that happened and now they upset the chiefs and like yeah it's like a good story for them like in terms of yeah you upset the best team like good for you but i just like it's something that all fans are not going to want to see i mean the chiefs are one of the most explosive teams in the nfl and they managed to get upset by a team that got granted a playoff appearance because of covid it's just something you don't want to see and like you said before, Alex, the NFL had so much time to think about a plan to avoid all of this that's going on because every week there's a new player that's getting put on the COVID nineteen reserve list, and it new doesn't player, necessarily coach, mean yeah. doesn't necessarily time. mean they're getting COVID. That just means that they were close to somebody that was, you know, that had it. But it's just I'm sick of seeing Adam Schefter, Field Yates. Ian Rappaport tweet, this player has been added to the COVID-19 list. Like, I just want it to stop. I understand it's a crisis right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's something that it's hard to avoid. But you had so much time to create a better plan, and Roger Goodell and the NFL could not pull through. I mean, you have Gary Bettman right now, the NHL. Successful bubble season, and I'm not expecting the NFL to be a bubble. But that's already over, and they're already thinking about different opportunities. We were on Xbox the other day, and I brought up how I got a notification that Gary Bettman is considering doing a uh, three-game series like the MLB did in terms of not having a bubble, but it's kind of less traveling that way. And I think you know that's great on him and any other league that is just thinking ahead. And it just annoys me how much time the NFL had to get this figured out. 
Because we've said this in the past, you just said it now, they couldn't have asked for a better time for a pandemic to hit. It happened right after the Super Bowl, they had the whole entire offseason, and you think they just could have maybe came through a little better. But it is what it is, we have to deal with it, and hopefully it'll be over soon, and hopefully next year it won't even be a thing, so that the NFL season can go back to being normal, and you only have to worry about your players tearing their ACLs. Yeah. Or MCLs. Snapping their necks. Yeah, that too. Because that's been happening. Looks like it's been happening a lot later. Speaking of snapping necks, somehow Xavier Rhodes was able to get back to the game after making contact with his own player. On the first or second play of the Thursday night football game, he snapped his neck all the way back, but somehow was able to come back and play. Obviously, he wasn't as hurt as originally thought. So let's get to that game right now. It was the Colts taking on the Titans. This was a good game. A huge, huge win for the Colts. Let me just say that first, because now they are tied at the top of the AFC South division, uh, six and three with the Titans. Then you have the Texans at two and six, and then the Jaguars at the bottom of the list, one and seven. Hopefully, the Jaguars will pick up a win for uh, other reasons that we won't necessarily get to, because we're not going to talk. (laughs) We're not going to talk about the Jets for once, but uh, the Colts ended up pulling through with the win, thirty-four to seventeen. And you look at the first half. I would have to think, you know, you think, oh, it's all Titans. They'll probably pull through and just continue this. Because the Titans look pretty good in the first half. But then, the second half happened. And I think you have to put this loss a lot on the Titans special teams. I mean, first it starts off with the punter with a 17-yard punt. And then afterwards it gets blocked. I mean, you can't really do anything about a block as a punter. That really depends on your blocking. But, like, in two consecutive... Hunting right. opportunities. No, that was it a failed. huge momentum swing. And I, I was watching the game. You know, it wasn't an entertaining game. Like, there's a difference between a good game and an entertaining game. Like, that was not entertaining by any means. You know, it was just kind of ground and pound defense. But um, at the beginning of the game, I think it was they had to have been their first punt. Um, Joe Buck or Troy or Troy Aikman, one of them goes, uh, "This is their third punter in three weeks." I go, oh, "It's just a punter. What's the big deal?" You fast forward to the second half of the game. This guy shanks a punt 15 yards out of bounds. Gives him a great field position at like the 20. They score a touchdown. Next possession gets a punt block, which obviously, like you said, not necessarily his fault. It was just a breakdown in the protection, but special teams was huge. It was a 14-point swing in a matter of 60 seconds. Yeah. And then you had also... Oh, a video was about to play. Nope, don't want that. Uh, Naeem Hines also went off. The birthday boy. You wonder what's, what does the Colts' backfield look like in terms of who's getting the majority of the carries? I, I think they have to start swinging it to Naeem Hines. I understand he's really more of a receiving back, but he's showing that he can do a little more than just that. And I think they have a nice duo with Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack is obviously out for the season. Uh, he got injured in the beginning of the year. But I kind of like the duo of Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. They've really been playing well. I have to ask this question. When we were thinking about topics, you know, we kind of came up with this. Are the Colts the real deal now? I mean, yeah. I mean, the Colts look pretty good. Their, their defense is off the charts. Phillip Rivers is doing as well as he can. Uh, he's just kind of being a game manager, and he's not really throwing for 700 yards, but he's doing what he's normally done. But he's not on the Chargers now which is good for him because, like, the Chargers always, from quarterback to quarterback, still doing it with Justin Herbert, always find a way to lose. 
They have like they lose every game in the most miraculous way by one, two points. Whether it's their kicker missing a field goal, their defense letting an eighty yard touchdown drive with twenty seconds left, or just something like bizarre, like put a roughing the passer to put them in field goal range with ten seconds left. They always find a way to lose. Here he is on the Colts, six and three now, I think, six and two. First place just knocked off the Titans, so they have the tiebreaker. They're in a good spot. And the Los Angeles Chargers, too. You're getting a lot of Atlanta Falcons vibes, too. It's almost like the momentum switching. Atlanta's starting to kind of pull through games, not blow too many leads now. Hopefully uh, a, a new, you know, just way of football in Atlanta. And now it's kind of going to the Chargers. And you wonder what's going to happen there with maybe Anthony Lynn at the end of the season. Maybe they'll just give him one more year, let everybody else get healthy on the defensive side of the ball, especially that Joey Bosa is now out this Sunday, has been dealing with injuries. Pretty much through this whole season, Derwin James obviously was a big loss. And, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's going on with the Chargers. But in terms of Phillip Rivers, yeah, I, I think this was a really good move. to. I mean, he was going to be at a, Los Angeles anyways. But I, I think this was a great landing spot for him. I thought a veteran quarterback was the perfect op- – like, if you were a veteran quarterback, you wanted to go – to the Colts, they have protection. Yep. They have weapons. Great line. They have yeah. a good defense. They, have, they they have good weapons. Great line. They drafted Pittman Jr. and they have a great defense. Obviously, yeah, and ideal spot. Trading that first round pick for DeForest Buckner is really yeah. working out. No, yeah, they had a solid defense last year, and he's uh, much better improved the running game. Yeah, he he really is something special. But when I talk about Philip Rivers, especially really when anybody in sports talks about Philip Rivers, it always comes up: Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback because we all know he doesn't have a Super Bowl win but he's been playing for a long 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 time and he's been very consistent and good throughout his career so before I get to your opinions on that I just want to go ahead and say stats for everybody to know in 237 games in the NFL he's a 64.8 completion percentage he's thrown for 61,000 funny number here 666 yards (laughs) 408 touchdowns, 205 interceptions, a 95 quarterback rating, and again, he's 4-4 four four in playoffs with no Super Bowl win. Also, I want to apologize if you hear this dog barking in the background. That is outside, out of our control. We do this from home, so obviously the neighbors and their animals can do whatever they want. But go ahead, Alex. Um, Yeah, uh, he definitely has a case, but... Uh, the numbers enough to push him over the edge. It's kind of like uh, you want to see how he does with the Colts here, because like obviously we mentioned the Chargers issues and whatnot. Never really had a solid defense or a great protection. He's always just kind of you know gunslinger with throwing the ball around, carrying the Chargers a little bit. And uh, but like uh, his career trajectory, like his stats, some of the playoff, you know, four and four is kind of similar to Peyton Manning at the you know beginning of his career before he won the Super Bowl. You know, all these great stats and never won a Super Bowl. Obviously, his stats aren't up to par with the likes of Peyton Manning. But, I mean, stats are stats. You can accumulate stats, especially nowadays in a pass-heavy league. I mean, you look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a journeyman, been on a different team every other year. He's like, he passes Troy Aikman and, like, all these Hall of Famers who just never threw the ball as much as they did. But... They, like you said, at the end of the day, it's just stats. Neither of them, uh, Philip Rivers doesn't really have a big win, not even like a signature win, like a conference championship, never even been to a Super Bowl. So like the 4-4 four four playoffs, it's like most of the time he's one and done. If he wins, then he's out the next week. 
if he doesn't win if he doesn't lose the first week. Yeah, I'm trying to count exactly how many seasons he's played. Let's see. He's 39, so it's got to be like 17 or 18. 17. This yeah. is a 17. Yeah, it, exactly. So that's another thing too that all these stats come from. You know, 17 years in the league, playing at a consistent level like he's been. You know, you're going to be able to tally up those stats. But again, right. not being able to pull through. And the playoffs is kind of what's hurting his Hall of Fame right. chances. Like, but, like you mentioned, not necessarily his fault. But you'd yeah. like to see a, at least a signature win on the resume. You know, maybe a Super Bowl trip, something like that. You know, a, a solid playoff like a run where you win, like, you know, maybe two in a row, get to the Super Bowl, three in a row. But, like, I'd like to say right now, no. You, you know, you like to see what you do with the Colts right now. If he makes a run right now and they get to they at least get to the Super Bowl and look good doing it, then... I think his case is a lot stronger than it is right now. Definitely a super, like yeah, Super Bowl appearance. Not even a Super Bowl win would help that. Yeah. But I also have to think too. I I just I want to say that he is a Hall of Famer right now, and I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm more so saying it because I feel like the Hall of Fame throughout all leagues, you see some guys get in that don't necessarily deserve it, and I, I think you see it a lot sometimes. And I feel like this is the type of situation where his stats do show how great of a quarterback he's been throughout his whole career, yeah, especially his, his with stats, dealing with some of the Chargers teams yeah, that he's played on. have the trajectory of a Hall of Fame player. He's always been, you know, a team leader. He even has the stats for most kids <laughs> at nine. But, I mean, this guy has been able to really fight through a, a lot in terms of, again, like we said, teams that were built around him. Right, and never really had uh, any major injuries. Always been consistent, always been there, always been a captain of his team. Yeah. But um, I, I was going somewhere with this, but I kind of just lost train of thought. Oh, I was, you know, when you think of a Hall of Famer, you think of, like, he's obviously doesn't have the signature win like we mentioned, but, like, then the next thought goes to, was he ever, like, the best of his era, the best of his time? He's at the prime of his game. Was he the best quarterback? Probably and not. Probably not. Like, obviously, the Pro Bowls are there. Never came close to an MVP. Never had that season, that one or two seasons strung together. Never really say he was the top three quarterback of the time. I mean, obviously, when you play in a generation with Brady, Peyton Manning for the most part. Breeze. Breeze. And all those guys. Even Roethlisberger you can throw in there. Even Roethlisberger, exactly. Even Roethlisberger, but he's got a couple titles to his legacy. You know, he was never really the top guy, the elite you know, top three quarterback. I guess you can even throw Eli, too. I mean, they were drafted in the same point, and I feel like whenever you bring up Phillip Rivers being a Hall of Famer, you also have to bring up, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? And I definitely would say yes, because of the Super Bowl well, wins that he has. Well, yeah. That, but you look at the stats, it's say, not even close to what Rivers yeah, does. this so is where the stats are misleading. Eli Manning never had those stats, but he's had the, the two Super Bowl runs. Like I said, he's had the signature wins. He's got the signature plays. He's got what you're... Yeah. Like, he's got those... Check those things off in my player mode. You know he's got them. Yep, nine and seven run gets to the playoffs, Super Bowl victory, David Tyree uh, catch, all these signature moments. Yeah, like you said, Eli Manning is definitely a Hall of Famer simply because of those plays when it came when when football mattered, when you got to the playoffs, when you had to pull through, he pulled through. Right, and yeah, and like sometimes. You know, you have a great team, and you go to the Super Bowl, and you win the Super Bowl. But, like, for the most part, within those two playoff runs when Eli Manning had to, he, the lights were on, he shined the brightest. You know, obviously he had a good team around him, but he came through clutch for his team throughout the whole playoffs. 
And uh, that's kind of matters a lot more than accumulating stats over 19 years. Just yeah. the fact of the matter is what it is. And like, you look at Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl with the Broncos. The defense carried the team through and through. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> People arguing. Yeah, he barely did anything in that game. So that was his second Super Bowl. Eli Manning. I mean, I don't know what Cooper's done out the outside of the NFL, but uh, Eli Manning earned his two Super Bowls. He was shining bright when the lights were on. Yep. And I, I'm rooting for Phillip Rivers this year. I mean, he, again, like we mentioned, he's in a great situation with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they look really good just knocking off the Tennessee Titans taking that lead in the AFC South, had the tiebreaker, like you mentioned. And I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. But I, I think my final opinion on this is that I think, he, as of right now, I feel like he's making the Hall of Fame only because of the stats. Yeah, I don't I know. I want to be wrong because yeah, I don't think he should, but I feel like he yeah. would. You know, you don't know how the voters are going to swing on this one. But I don't know. I'd like, yeah, like I said, I'm pulling. I would like to see Philip Rivers in the in the Super Bowl this year. That'd be cool. You know, maybe with the Iron Rodgers or Drew Brees from the out of the out of the NFC. You know, let's get some old timers in there. Patrick Mahomes. You know, Kyler Murray. I guess they'll have Jared, their time Jared to shine, Moff, but they're yeah, so they, electric. They have their time. Lamar Jackson. They have plenty of time. I also hold on. You know, I, I'm glad we're kind of moving on from this topic. Anyways, we didn't put this down, but I kind of want to bring this up too. Kyler Murray, right? Going into the season, I, I said it openly. There, I. I I'm sure I could find some type of audio from the radio show that I'm on at uh, Nassau. And Kyler Murray, I said, I thought he was a great candidate for MVP, right? Looking pretty good so far. Compared to Lamar's MVP season in, what, the first eight or nine games, Kyler is outplaying that by like a mile. But the thing is, is that Kyler's not getting any of that recognition because guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are going off. Off. I wouldn't say he's not getting recognition. It's just but not, not so, top talk. Though. No, I mean it's not top talk because he's got top competition. You know they're playing. Uh, Kyler might be playing the best, and I'll buy how far outpacing Lamar what he was doing last year. But all three of them are as well. Like last year, <clears throat> Lamar ran away with it because nobody was even close to that level. Not necessarily because they aren't on that level. It's just that nobody was at that level at the time. You know, I mean, Mahomes was hurt last year. Wilson was in an offensive scheme where they didn't really throw the ball that much. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess acquiring DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals is definitely helping him. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to pull up Kyler Murray's stats right now just to go ahead and let everybody know what he's doing so far he's this season. He's got like 24 season. total touchdowns. It's crazy. He's insane. And to me, also, I feel like in terms of with fantasy quarterbacks, the past three years I've been like the fantasy quarterback guru. I forgot exactly who I took in three years ago, but I knew I took Mahomes as my backup. He ended up being my starter, obviously, for the whole entire season. That was his MVP season. Last year, I took Drew Brees as my starter and then took Lamar as my backup. He ended up being my quarterback for the whole entire year and then won MVP. And then this year, I didn't take any quarterback uh, as a backup, but I took Kyler just ahead. I I took him early. I thought this was a great opportunity for him. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, obviously has set up this offense perfectly around him. But let me just go ahead and tell you the stats right now. So he's started all eight games. He has a 68.1 completion percentage. He's thrown for 2,130 yards. He has 16 touchdowns right now with seven interceptions. That's that's not even counting his rushing touchdowns. And he has a passer rating right now for the season of 99.3. He's playing out of his mind. He's playing out of his mind. I would really love for him to even step it up, which is even saying so much because he's already playing lights out. But I would love for him to step it up 
so people can finally talk about the season he's having because it's unbelievable. Kyler Murray is going to be a, he already is a star, but he's going to be one he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. I'm expecting him to make many Super Bowls, especially with the team they have right now. Cardinals defense is the only the, the weakest part. You can kind of if you add some playmakers to that, which they already do, but if you add some more to that, you're golden. Yeah, they have a solid team, but uh, they're also in probably the toughest division yeah. right now in football. But I mean, seven teams in the playoffs. So realistically, there's three wild card spots. Every team in that division could make the playoffs. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but it, it's right now it's happening. It's possible. Like there is one division winner, and the other three of them can go take those wild card spots. Because yeah. I mean, right now the other I team, think the 49ers are kind of falling out of it due to injuries. Yeah, but, but yeah, well, maybe they get some of the other guys back. Who knows? But you never know. And I mean, you look at the other two second-tier contenders that are not division leaders right now. you got the Bears, or the Bears. We talked about them last time on the show. Are they real? Are they not? They've not looked great the last two weeks. You know, like they, the game at the end of the, the final score looks close, but it's really not so much close to the game. Yeah, they had one slip against the Saints. That would have been a big victory for them to pull through. What was that? Two weeks ago. That was on November 1st. That was the 4 o'clock game. They won the overtime, and they managed to lose that one. If they were able to pull through, that would have been a huge victory for them against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And as we talk about the Saints now, we'll switch topics. They dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football last Sunday. It was a massacre, to say the least. Antonio Brown made his debut. Didn't do all that much, though, but again, they were just, the Bucks' offense as a whole much, yeah. did not do that much. So just based off Antonio Brown, his debut, he had three receptions for only 31 yards. I mean, good for him to finally get back on the field and was doing something, but when I look at this, I think everybody, and also everybody chose the Bucks too, to win this game. Let's not forget. Right. Almost I mean, all yeah, of them. They, they were looking hot, the hot offense, and they were getting another all-pro caliber player, so obviously everyone expected them to be guns blazing and light up this Saints defense that... It's a good defense, plays well, but sometimes it seems like they take the game off, because like, there's no reason why they can't put in this performance against every other team. Yeah. And in terms of, like, they also, they managed, a lot of the times, too, in every matchup they have, they still manage to give up a lot of points, but they are forcing a lot of turnovers. And I think that's the big thing with them, is that they're the type of defense that they're going to give up a lot of points, so the offense is going to need to keep up with it. But when they need to pull through with the turnover, they'll make it happen. And that's kind of what they've been working with the whole entire season. And just to bring up the score, the Saints beat the Buccaneers 38-3. That was also Michael Thomas's return from injury as well. But I want, before actually before I bring this up, I want to talk about Antonio Brown a little more, where he's going to have to understand, I, I think he knows this, I mean, he hasn't really showed any problems as of late, but this might happen a lot for the rest of the season because Antonio Brown, you look at it, he's almost the third option on this team. I mean, but you can even argue at other positions that might be ahead of him, but you have... Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown as your wide receivers. Your tight ends are Gronk and Cameron Brait. Running backs, you have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. There's so many different options you can go to on this team. And even in terms of another wide receiver, Ty Johnson, too, is kind of making its case to get some more reps in because he was playing well before Antonio Brown joined the team, too. Right, and you mentioned the running backs. You look at the tower on the team, and but it's just a Bruce Arians offense. Like They're going to throw the ball. I think that game, obviously, it was different because they got down early. They only ran the ball three times. With the kneel at the end, it was four, I think. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's one thing to go down 7 nothing. 
you know, 14 nothing even. But run the ball, even have to take a five-minute drive, it's 14-7. Not a big deal. But they just kept throwing and throwing, and they ran the ball like three times. That is a ridiculously low number, even if you were trailing a lot. Like, teams, you still try to establish the run game in some sort. Yeah, and then that opens up the field so much more. It opens up the play-action game. And, you know, there's so many different things once you have both sides of the ball working. And something I kind of want to see from the Buccaneers' sideline going forward is if they're ever down in the game, you, you know Tom Brady's not afraid to get up and say something and yell at people. You know, kind of get them amped up, like, let's fix what's going on and let's go in the right direction and get this W. Yeah, but, I kind of I mean, want to see that from another player on that team. You know, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball, I need somebody to get up, get in somebody's face, and say, let's fix what we're doing right now and get this thing going. The Buccaneers have all the talent in the world. And, yeah, they're 6-3 and three with two of those losses coming to the Saints. Okay, fine. Maybe you can't beat the Saints. But you have to remember that in the playoffs, you might have to play the Saints, yeah. and you're going to need to fix everything that you're doing. So what I'm wondering to you, are the Buccaneers a fluke as of right now? Are the Saints just the Bucks kryptonite? I, I would say the Saints are the kryptonite right now. They're, like, their talent level is off the charts on offense. The defense has, has been good for a while. I mean, you look at them the past few years, they've been put in some horribly bad situations by Jameis Winston. Obviously, he got to eat the W the, the other night. But, <laughs> but That was funny. For the Buccaneers, he, he would throw picks. Like, they would they would be down 21 nothing, and the defense only gave up seven points because there was like two pick sixes or a fumble return or something. But the defense has been good for quite some time, and we talked about it before. He's got a good line. He's got a good defense, and Tom Brady is obviously Tom Brady. So this team is off the charts in terms of potential. They just got to scheme, game plan, whatever, to figure out a better way to attack the Saints if they have to play them again. Yeah, in terms of just of the matchup when it comes to the Buccaneers and Saints, I have a tweet from Mike Clay, which is at Mike Clay NFL. Mike Evans' last three receiving lines against Marshawn Lattimore, including tonight, which a.k.a. was Sunday, two targets, zero receptions, two targets, zero receptions, and once again, two targets and zero receptions. So Marshawn Lattimore definitely has Mike Evans' number. Not a good look for Mike Evans. Not a good look for Mike Evans, and I feel like this whole season is not a good look for Mike Evans. Chris Godwin did play, right? Yes, yeah. Chris uh, Godwin well, who knows was how active. healthy he actually was with the broken finger. It's kind of hard to catch football. 100%. And, you know, I, I just think about it, too. Mike Evans, I mean, he definitely, we all know that he's a red zone target. He's a big wide receiver. He, he, you know, it's crazy vertical, and he's fast. He definitely is a red zone target, no doubt about that. And that has showed, because a lot of his touchdowns have come within 20 yards. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Mike Evans we've seen in the past, I understand Jameis Winston was a completely different quarterback than Tom Brady in terms of just how far he could throw the ball. And right. in terms of just smart decisions as well, yeah. two different quarterbacks. Like, oh, that's Mike Evans? Right, let me throw it up over there. But I, I'm just thinking, Mike Evans, I, I want to see more from him. You and know, he, and I know it's hard because of all the weapons they have on this team, but... He's always had a lot of drops in his career. I just don't know what it is. He's a player of the talent levels. You know, he's obviously got the talent level. We've seen it before, but, like, you know, like any top pick. Um, they just tend to take plays off. You see it on the defensive guys all the time. You talk about hustle. Some of these guys like chasing down plays from behind. Yeah, It goes on both sides of the ball. Like It's not so obvious when a receiver does it because, oh, there's other targets on the team. There's other talent. But like this guy clearly takes the, a couple plays off the game and where he's not running his route as fast as he can be because he knows he's not going to get the ball. You know, Maybe not expecting the ball, so he doesn't do his best to catch the ball. He just drops a pass that he should be easily caught. 
Yeah, and I, I feel like I want to see Mike Evans, like, get a, uh, you know, be on another team and kind of be the clear-cut number one. But if that, if any Bucks wide receiver is going to be leaving the Tampa, going to be leaving Tampa Bay, it's going to be Chris Godwin because he's set to be a free agent after the season. I'm sure they'll find a way to have him return. But I'm not really sure what the cap space is looking at in Tampa Bay after all the signings they've done this past year. Right. And Brady signed on, a two-year contract, right? I believe so, yes. So, yeah, at worst, I think he'll be back in the franchise or the transition tag, something like that. There's no way they're going to let him walk while Brady's still there. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I, don't, I don't see really them letting him leave. Uh, but let me say that if Chris Godden was somehow hitting the open market, I'm sure he will have a lot of sooner suitors, and it won't be hard for him to find another job, I'll tell you that much right now. But the Bucks aren't dumb. If they're not going to re-sign him, they're going to trade. I mean, they're going to tag and trade him, definitely. you got to get something in return for Chris Godwin. I mean, yeah, they're going <laughs> to tag him. I, I don't expect them to trade him. You, can, you don't tag him if you want to keep him. Yeah, you, you cannot just... You, know, you have a 40... Well, at that point, you'll have a 44-year-old quarterback. You're not trading a receiver for some picks. Yeah, yeah. And before... We're really up to our last topic now. This show has kind of been a shorter one. But I want to bring up... Roger Goodell says the NFL will once again discuss the 4th and 15 play as an onside kick alternative. I mean, it's interesting for sure. But I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of like it only because the onside kick rarely works uh, unless you're the Atlanta Falcons and don't know the rules of picking up an onside kick that you can touch it whenever you add, don't have to wait. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're also very good at the onside kick themselves. Young Wei Koo has got like four of the last seven onside successful onside kicks somehow. <coughs> don't know how that works out to be, but yeah, it's definitely um it's an alternative. But I would also like to see them allow, like, obviously for player safety and whatnot, they don't want the the kickoff team does how it was in the past where they could run as the kicker runs. They have to wait till the ball is kicked. I'd like to see where they amend that rule a little bit because at the end of the game, you know the onside kick's coming. They know the onside kick's coming. You're not running full speed downfield and running into someone. You're going 10 yards. So I'd like to see maybe if they start to allow guys to run with the kickers like they used to for onside kicks. At least that would be a decent improvement to the rule. This way give the the kicking teams a decent chance. It was. It's still a very low percentage that they get it. Yeah. But it's better than them standing still until the ball is kicked. Like that's just little to no shot. I just feel like you know, you see so many teams. I mean, yes, they shouldn't be in the situation if they want to win the game. They shouldn't have to be worrying about scoring a late touchdown and needing to get the ball again. All right, but, but sometimes the refs aren't on your side. That that too, but. I want to see a better opportunity for these games to be closer at the end. I feel like a 4th and 15 too, you're asking them to go 15 yards. That's not easy also, you know? Yeah. That happens, and I also, it, it's weird that they're saying a 4th and 15 play. Like, it should just, like, it should just be like you have to gain 15 yards from wherever you are, because it's not like technically it's 4th down. Well, I mean, technically it is. Because if, yeah, no, if you get 8 yards, they get the ball wherever yeah, 8 no, yards you're, is. Yeah, no, right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. My bad. Good on them for calling it 4th and 15. But it's still 15 yards. It's hard to do. I like it better. I like the chances better. And I, it just would make for more entertaining games. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Adam Gase in the fourth quarter pulling, pulling a screen pass on 4th and 15. Don't even bring that up. Don't even get me started, please. Because we all know it would be a nice, yes, like you said, a nice wide or, receiver screen. Or a nice little draw. To Chris Hogan. Draw with Frank Gore, maybe up the middle. Yeah, a draw with Frank Gore, 37 years old. He's got, he's so fast. He breaks so many tackles. He just, 
you know, everybody's catching up to him on the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, like you said, they would draw up a wide receiver screen. Chris Hogan, why don't you? He's also old, sets him back two yards. So Chris Hogan somehow has to get 20, 20, 17 yards with the blocking that the Jets have. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, we kind of backed in, not there. I don't think they should just hand the ball off to him. No. Oh, man, imagine Mekhi Becton running that people with talk, the ball. Talk about most feared. Nobody's tackling him. <laughs> we'll always find a way to bring up the Jets no matter what. It's a rough season. But it's almost over. Almost over. Seven more games. Seven more losses, hopefully. hopefully. Or at least like six in the first pick. You know, Maybe they'll win a game. if that. We just need the Jaguars to win one more game. Because our schedule, I mean, obviously the team's terrible. But we have the hardest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, and then... It's rather unfortunate, but we had no shot this year, so I'm okay with it. But that means our strength of schedule is very high. So if we end up tying with the Jaguars on the same amount of wins, they will get the first overall pick, which is not good for us. Nope, not at all. We, whether or not we want to move on from Sam or not, we still need to have the option. And I would say, when I look in, at the Jets' schedule, there's only one more game they could win if they want to pull through, and that is literally Week 17 against the New England Patriots, depending on how the Patriots are playing it. Whether they're in a playoff spot or they're not, I feel like they're not going to be playing I, each I player hope, to full length. I hope they're 7-8, and eight, and maybe with the 8-17 playoffs, that 8-8 eight and eight possibly could get them into the third wildcard spot, so they're maybe not solid if they win and they're in. But if they win and this guy loses and this guy, you know, one of those scenarios that we're, we were all so familiar with back with the Jets in 2009 when there was, like, those funky scenarios and we always found a way in. Yep. Those are the good days, but... We don't I hope that. Let's hope Cam Newton can pull through. Like you said, he is sick of losing. And he, and yeah, one thing I love about Cam Newton, too, is that all the accountability is going towards him. He's he's. It's not anybody's fault. Right. I, he's, I'm right. playing bad. I need to fix my blank. Yeah, whether, say, whether he's but. on the Panthers or the Patriots, his press conferences, his personality is always still there. He's always... You know, Outfits are always still there. Yeah, take accountability. You know, he's nicknaming his teammates. He's got funny names and whatnot. Calls Nick Nick Folk the kicker guy. Nick Folk still hitting uh, game-winning field goals in MetLife. Yep. Always love to see that Monday Night Football. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if they talk about the Patriots for a second, if they can knock off the Ravens here this week, that's a big win that puts them at 4-5, and five, and they can you know easily make a run to, obviously, you don't expect them to win out to be 11-5, and five, but maybe a 9-7 and seven or a 10-6 and six gets you in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think about it, too. The wide receivers for the Ravens is something that really hasn't still pulled through Des Bryant real quickly before we head out just you know he was activated to play this week and he did nothing right did he even get a reception I don't even know if he played I'm not sure yeah I don't even know how many snaps he played he was activated he was suited up ready to go yeah I think it was more so just get a feel for the offense type of thing yeah we need you then you can go in type of thing yeah so maybe he'll really kind of make his debut on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots that'd be a way to do it but Hey, hey, based off how the Patriots defense looked on Monday, maybe it'll be a good game for Ravens wide receivers because mm-hmm. yeah, Rashad still... Perriman looked like a star. Yeah, he looked pretty good. First but, time you uh, saw that all season. Denzel Mims finally pulled through as well. So, Right, just looking at Des Bryant now, he, you know, he played one snap and he ran one route. So, yeah, he was on the field. Yeah, and he, but, and he was activated, it. but that's about it. didn't have much of a role there. So, again, we'll see what happens going forward with Des Bryant. I'm sure... Once he kind of starts to play more, we'll really talk about if Dez is back or if Dez is never going to be back. I'll tell you that right but now. he's on the practice squad right now, and he'll probably be activated again, back and yep. forth type of thing. Yep. 
Welcome to the NFL in the COVID-19 season. Yep, and then another veteran making his debut as well as Damon Snacks Harrison with the Seahawks. He got uh, He's expected to be activated for this week's matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, which is Fox Fox's America's Game of the Week, so that'll be a good one as well. And I think on CBS too, I think, I hope, I think we might have the Cardinals and Bills. I hope, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So we'll see what happens anyways. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. This was definitely a shorter episode, but again, there's not too many. Now there's not going to be too many trades. The deadline's over. There's really not many free agent moves that would be big enough to discuss. No, no major injuries of late. Obviously, you still have the lots and lots of injuries for in this COVID-shortened season. Not shortened, but like no training camp. So guys are going to get hurt. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of the scheduling changes, Changes, excuse me, because a lot of teams' buys are gone, so it's going to be hard to kind of fix the schedule that way, mm-hmm. which is why they made this rule, and we'll just really go from there and see what happens. And then we'll make sure to update you on Twitter uh, and you know anything else. Remember to send in fan mail. That email is divingintotheendzone at gmail.com. Again, that's divingintotheendzone at gmail.com. And then lastly, the Twitter again is at D-I-T-E-Z podcast. Again, that is at D-I-T-E-Z podcast. That's going to do it for us on this episode of Diving Into the End Zone. Do you have any last thoughts before you get, before we go, Alex? Nope. I think we just about covered it all in one of our more lengthier shows, but you know, we covered everything, I think. Yeah. Go football. We hope we have a great matchup. We hope we have a lot of fantasy points scored. Good luck this week. I know you're already off to a rough start for one of the... One of the leagues with Naeem hey. Hines, but hey, that's my that's my lesser league. I don't really, you know, I obviously <laughs> there's a chance to still make the playoffs, and I may or may not be the commissioner of that league, but it's okay. I'd given up on the season a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but hey, you, you your first win came against me, and hey. now you're making a little bit of a late push. Who knows? Maybe your team could pull through for you. You yeah, never know. Unlikely, but uh, you know, it's gonna be a good week. Jets are on a bye, so <laughs> we can watch some real football this week. Anyways, he's Alex Warner. I'm Dominic Arbolino. I thank everybody for listening. Hopefully seeing some emails from all of you that are listening as well. Any questions you have. And we'll make sure to cover those next week and a bunch of other news with football next week as well. So thank you for listening and hope you listen back next week.